This is episode 538 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Age-Adjusted Prepping. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from SurvivalBlog.com. This is a really great article. It's kind of fun, uh, but it does provide a lot of food for thought, especially for those who are a little bit older. You know, and I've talked about the demographics out there. I've talked a little bit about when you look at certain websites and you see, you know, people that, you know, are into firearms and all that kind of stuff. It's usually, you know, younger guys and, you know, they're, they're working out and they're fit and all that type of stuff. But really, there's a lot of older people in preparedness. And when I say older, I'm saying like 60 and up, right? And so... There are prepping challenges that come with getting older. Now, I like I said, I love this article because it takes all of that into consideration. You know, it talks about some specific things that we always hear about in the preparedness community and thoughts. And then also it has a little bit of fun with it, like I said. Now, here's the thing. If you're a younger prepper, then this still is going to be relevant for you. Because more than likely, you have someone who is older in your life or maybe in your spouse's life, in your family, extended family, something like that, that you need to be thinking about, right? So they might not be, uh, quote unquote, a prepper, but you need to take them into consideration because they might be with your family. So let's go ahead and jump into this one again, coming to us from survivalblog.com, age-adjusted prepping. It is said that prepping is not a movement or a philosophy. It is a way of life, and a way of life must accommodate changes in life. Having squarely arrived into my quote-unquote golden years, I was reluctantly forced to take a fresh look at my prepping agenda. Not exactly a newbie to the game, I'm still eating year 2000 problem food, Y2K. I have accumulated food, gear, and training over the years, and have reached a somewhat reasonable level of comfort. However, we all know what happens when we start feeling confident. After a few recent practice drills and equipment purchases, clearly it was time to make some adjustments. What I would like to do is offer a somewhat tongue-in-cheek, with some exaggeration, summation of some key areas of age-adjusted prepping and then illustrate the changes required. So note, throughout the article, I'll be using a new acronym, what the experts say, W-T-E-S. All right, so first up are bug out bags. So what the experts say, it should weigh between X and XX pounds and should only contain essential items, which are different depending on which quote unquote expert you consult. Now forget the camouflage or olive drab green, the bag should not look too military. You want to blend in, you know the gray man concept, Not to worry, I have this gray man thing down pat. Every morning I look in the mirror and see the gray hair and beard. Now for the age-adjusted bug out bag, 
Mine is not military, did not cost $350, and is stuffed with way more than essentials. Yes, it is too heavy, but at my age, I will not be trekking 20 miles a day, and when I hit my limit, the contents of my bag will ensure that I will be warm, dry, and well-fed. Next is storage food. Now, what the experts say is you should have a combination of dehydrated, home, and commercially canned goods and round out your supply with freeze-dried products with a shelf life of 25 years. All right, good plan. We went that route, including food preserved from our garden. Also, over the years, we have gradually, because of the cost involved, acquired a reasonable supply of freeze-dried storage food. The age-adjusted problem is we have limited space for storage for our food, so future purchases will concentrate on bulk products such as rice and beans. The freeze-dried stuff is nice, but expensive, and at our age, the 25-year shelf life is probably irrelevant. Next, water supply. So what the experts say is about one gallon per day per person is recommended. This is all well and good, but we once did a drill which involved no utilities for 24 hours. I'm not talking about a simulation. We literally cut everything off. We managed pretty well, but found that we used much more stored water than we anticipated. Even though we do have a source of water approximately a half mile from our house, I just don't see us lugging five gallon containers to and from the source every day. Our age-adjusted prepping plan includes increased storage containers and rain barrels. While on the subject of utilities, when we moved to our current location, we heard stories of a massive ice storm which occurred several years ago and long-term power outages. As soon as funds became available, we invested in a propane heater which was not electric dependent. The propane supply is used primarily for emergencies, thus giving us a backup heat source. Backup heat is a really big deal when you wake up in the middle of the night with no electricity and a house colder than a politician's heart. <laughs> All right, on that one. So uh, just really quickly on that propane heater, one of the things you might want to think about, especially if you're rural and you have the ability to get one of the big propane tanks, like, you know, they come out and they fill it up with a, with a, big, uh, with a big truck, right? So those will be able, if you're using that for heat, it's going to last a lot longer. But I remember going up to my dad's place and we used one of those little buddy heaters and you use those little, the small little propane tanks, the ones that you use for the camping stove. Now, when you use it for a camping stove, it will last, you know, it'll, it'll last quite a while. I mean, it'll last like, you know, a weekend, maybe even longer than that, right? But when you use it for heat, that sucker goes pretty quickly. And so that's just FYI, if you are thinking about having like a little buddy heater or something along those lines as a backup, you need a lot of propane. So one of those big tanks in the backyard that you can bring in and you can somehow fit it to be able to fit into your heater, that would be the way to go. All right, so the next, uh, next thing up is medical supplies. What the experts say, we should stockpile antibiotics, vitamins, wound care products, required medications, and the tools to perform minor surgery. Not only should we stockpile the materials, but we should take courses which teach us how to use all these materials. Okay, I have no argument with any of that, but in the age-adjusted medical game, 
Several items fall into the required medications, which are ibuprofen, commonly known as or commonly known in our age group as vitamin I, Bengay, and Metamucil, especially if you are consuming a lot of MREs. Now, rounding out the list are several ACE bandages to hold everything together. Oh, and about that surgical kit, I will not be stitching myself nor anyone else. I have converted from the needle to the staple kit. Having one used on me has convinced me it is simpler and less painful. All right, so that's gonna that's a big need there for older preppers. Next up, weapons. What the experts say. You need a main battle rifle, a long-range bolt gun, a shotgun, a 22 rifle for small game, and, of course, a sidearm. Well, okay, that's great if you can do that, but in the age-adjusted world, I have decided I can narrow that down to one weapon. Now, I just need to find out where I can buy an AH-64 Apache attack helicopter. <laughs> if the Apache purchase falls through, then I am back to the rifle. The experts say I should be able to hit a man-sized target at 300 yards with iron sights. Are you serious? I can't even see a target at 300 yards. My last eye appointment confirmed that the iron sights have long since given way to red dots and scopes. Mill dots and bifocals are not very comfortable. Besides, even if I hit a target at 300 yards, do you think these old knees, even with the ace bandages, are going to carry me that far to confirm it? All right, so that, again, another thing there. And, you know, I guess as you get older, you want to be very, very familiar with your weapon as well. Whichever weapon that is, you want to make sure that it is comfortable to shoot, but you want to be very, very familiar with it and make sure that you can do everything that you need to do and do that quickly. All right, so the next topic are caches. So what the experts say, you should have buried caches of food, weapons, and ammo at different intervals along your bug out route. Now, age-adjusted preps say, you have to, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. I can't even remember where I left my car keys, let alone a buried treasure. I know, I know, draw a map, but then I must find the map. I will have to make do with what's in my car or pack. <laughs> All right, I love that one. Next up, bug out vehicles. Well, the experts say one should have a 1980s vintage 9,000 horsepower four-wheel drive pickup truck with a lift kit and tires big enough to require a rappelling harness and rope to exit the cab. The age-adjusted prep says gray man approach applies here. The soccer mom minivan filled with carefully hidden supplies and a Glock within arm's reach will be my exit instrument and hopefully innocent looking enough not to arouse the federales interest when attempting to pass through a roadblock. Add some messed up gray hair and incoherent babbling and this should be enough to convince the gatekeepers to let the old codger through. He is harmless. All right. Love that one there. And, you know, when you think about Gray Man, yeah, I mean, it's going to apply to your vehicle as well. All right, next up, defending the home front. What the experts say, you should have high ground, a clear 500-yard kill zone, intruder alarms, booby traps, and six German shepherds constantly patrolling the perimeter. Great if you have the finances, go for it. The age-adjusted prep says pensions don't finance compounds. I live in the burbs and will just have to rely on a brick house to deflect most small arms fire. A wise man, and I wish I remembered who, but I'm old, 
once said, if you wait till the attackers are at your door, you have already lost the battle. Embracing that philosophy, I tend to practice numerous medium-range patrols, ambushes, and sniping to keep the bad guys at a considerable distance from the home front. And then your tribe, what the experts say. You need to be connected with a group of like-minded individuals. You need to sleep sometimes and a number of people to share the chores and contribute to the security certainly makes sense. We all know the pitfalls of forming a mutual assistance group, so carefully screen your potential members for the skills, abilities, and correct mindset. After all, these are the people to whom you are entrusting your life. The age-adjusted prepping says to carry the selection process one step further. If you are a member of the Social Security clan, consider trying to recruit some young people into your group. This can be a win-win situation. I recently watched a video on the internet where two teenagers were completely mystified trying to figure out how to dial a number using a rotary dial phone. Clearly, the majority of today's youth do not possess even the minimum skills required for survival. However, some are willing to learn, so in exchange for your knowledge, they are willing to provide labor to the heavy lifting jobs. This arrangement also ensures the necessary skills and knowledge will be passed on to future generations. So in conclusion, although we are a bit long in the tooth and must make adjustments in order to compensate for skills and abilities that have diminished over the years, do not count us out, especially military veterans. Although I served, I was never deployed to Vietnam, but many of my friends were, and I can tell you these men are beyond tough and can adapt to any situation. Although this definition applies to veterans of all wars, I can only speak for my generation. So if you are a young person trying to get your prepping house in order, I suggest you find some vets of any generation to join your team and don't rule out us graybeards. We may not know how to tweet or Snapchat, but we do know how to protect our friends and family. All right, guys, there is... uh, a lot of uh, comments here, 84 comments on this article here. And it wasn't very, very long, or it wasn't a very long article, but it's one of those that makes a lot of sense, right? And one of those that gets us thinking, because there are a lot of older preppers out there that have that knowledge, that have skills, and you want to be able to tap into those. And if you're an older prepper, I know sometimes I hear from you guys, and you're like, like Todd, there's no hope, right? There's there's nothing there's there's nothing for us. No one wants us in their group. No one no one you know cares about you know cares about us or anything like that. And so I would tell you is to get out there. You know, I wrote that article a while back and just gave some ideas where you could start to give classes, right? And in giving those classes at church or at an, a community center or whatever, whatever the classes might be, even if it's on, you know, I don't know, container gardening or, or whatever, whatever it might be. But you start to teach classes on things that are gateways into preparedness, right? Even if it's canning food storage or, you know, canning foods or, or things like that, gardening, you know, something along those lines and sewing, whatever it might be. And you start making those friends with those younger people and you start bringing them into your circle of influence and you go from there, right? And so you might be setting this up, might, you know, like in the back of your mind, you could be like, all right, I'm, I'm uh, increasing my circle of influence. I'm increasing the people that I know. So if things happen, if things go down, 
then I am able to start rallying these people very quickly around me or around the situation because if the poop hits the fan and there's a lot of people out there that don't know, they're just like, I don't know what to do. I'm frozen in fear. I, I don't know how to handle things, but you have it all together. You're a little bit older. You're wiser. They look at you as a, I don't know, maybe like a grandparent figure, maybe like a father figure, mother figure, and you're able to give very clear directions. Hey, this is what you need to do. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. So guess what? They're going to start coming to you, right? Even if you're able to offer that in situations right now, maybe someone's lost a job or maybe someone's in a situation where they just need some advice and you're able to provide that good advice. You know what? These young people and people uh, that even they might not even be young because there's there's people that are a little bit older that just don't have that in their life and they're looking for something like that in their life. They're going to start coming to you. So that circle of influence, like I said, will continue to grow. And so when the poop hits the fan, y'all are ready to band together. So anyway, that's just my two cents and the way that I kind of think about it if uh, and the way that I would go about it if I was a little bit older. Well, guys, this article is over at Survival Blog. Like I said, there's a lot of comments here. I think this is a great article. Makes a lot of sense. So if you're interested in going and reading it a little bit more carefully and reading some of the comments, then like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can go straight over there and you can read it. All right, guys. Well, that is it for episode 538. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you will never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.